I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians. Hi, guys. Welcome back to this episode. Today, we're dabbling more in fitness stuff instead of nutrition. So this will be a nice change of pace. Um, What we're going to do today is we're going to go over a whole bunch of different, very popular fitness myths, and we're going to debunk them, like I've kind of already said. We're going to go over what makes them untrue and sort of what some better advice may be. So Emily, do you want to lead us off with the first fitness myth? Yes. So the first one is very personal to me because I participate in this the most is you've probably heard that running is bad for your knees and running since it, we are, since this is a myth episode. As you know, this first one is a myth <laughs> and we cannot really blame running specifically for the most likely cause of knee pain because running actually does strengthen your joints by that pounding pressure on your joints when your legs are hitting the ground that is utilizing your joints and building your muscle mass or building your muscle mass and strengthening your bone mass as well and your bone mineral density. So running can't necessarily be the primary blame associated with knee pain, because if you are experiencing any type of knee pain, there's probably something else going on there. And in that case, when you're discussing with your healthcare professional or your primary care physician, they might recommend avoiding running to alleviate the pain associated with something that was already there. But running cannot be exactly the primary cause of your knee pain because it kind of is helping your fitness levels before. Additionally, there are long-term studies that show that running doesn't damage your knees. The researchers do provide some type of caution and they recommend being kind of hesitant if you've experienced any type of knee surgery because When you have gone through really any type of knee surgery, that part of your body will naturally be more weak at first before your body can take that time to heal completely. So you really should not go straight back into your intense running routine immediately after surgery because your body's trying to heal and putting into that stressful environment can potentially not allow your body to completely heal like we want it to. Yes. Love it. I'm glad you went over that one because I am not a runner at all. (laughs) I despise running with a passion. Emily used to have me go with her when we were in college and I love doing it for Emily, but I hated it. It's so hard. We used to go at like 530. We were so disciplined. (laughs) Yeah. Different times. But then I found my love for weightlifting, which is our next bullet point, actually. So our next bullet point is that 
people often think that lifting weights will make you bulky. And I find that women especially think this and it makes them have this fear around wanting to get into a gym and lift some weights. They think they're going to just automatically like, you know, bulk up. Um, if you listen to our podcast with Damien, our personal trainer and coaching friend, um, I love how he put it. You can't just like stand and breathe by a dumbbell, expect to or gain like 10 pounds of muscle. That's just Mm -hmm. not going to happen. If it did a lot of bodybuilders would be very, very happy. Um, but it's a good thing if you are someone who is fearful of that. Um, the reality is, is that you've probably heard this too, that muscle weighs more than fat and fat takes up a lot more space. And so you'll actually get that lean, hate the word toned, but more toned look that you are looking for. If you do start incorporating more weightlifting and especially as a female, we don't have those hormones that give us like a manly shape. So the only way you're going to get bulky is if you either are, you know, doing some steroid situation, which we're not going to get into, but that could definitely play a role. Um, But in terms of like calories, you could definitely get that bulky look if you are eating in a very large caloric surplus and you're gaining fat mass along with gaining muscle mass. So if you are just going to the gym recreationally, trying to get just a little bit more healthful, I am willing to bet that you would never get like super bulky. You would only get, you know, kind of leaner, which is of course probably your goal. So consider that debunked. Our next fitness myth on the list is fasted exercise is the most optimal and best exercise or really kind of the best state to be in when exercising and as we've talked about so many times food is fuel and additionally when you're exercising your body is using these different energy sources and storage systems primarily glycogen which is kind of the, as we know, like your main energy source, but additionally, depending on what type of intensity and type of exercise you're doing, your body might turn to fat for energy and only really with low intensity exercise is there enhanced fat utilization because the glycogen is kind of depleted. So it'll turn to fat as that energy source, but This can also help with uh, preventing indigestion. Additionally, though, for these types of energies, we recommend a small carbohydrate-rich snack just so you are providing your body prior to that with a little bit of energy and you aren't at risk of running out of energy stores. But kind of going back to the overarching idea that fasted energy is the best could not this is kind of like the food you put into your body acts as fuel and when you aren't properly fueling your body you're gonna run out of energy or like run out of gas and your body will actually break down muscle for an energy supply because when your body is in that fasted state it's going to try to turn to energy sources that are more readily overturned into glucose and ATP eventually. And muscle is much more readily available or I guess more easily converted to energy than fat is. So 
when you're actually in a fasted state, you could be putting yourself more at risk of losing muscle mass than you are fat mass. Additionally, when you are fasted, that means that I I guess we never really defined what fasted means, but fasted essentially means not eating anything prior to exercise. And when you don't eat anything additionally, you could experience low stamina, you'll feel more fatigued, more tired throughout your exercise, you might not perform as well. Additionally, when you aren't eating anything, there's no glucose sources, and that will affect your blood glucose slash blood sugar levels. Um, a more layman's term for that. And this can lead to a decrease in your blood sugar levels and in turn will lead to lightheadedness, nausea, nausea, and kind of feelings of being shaky. So please eat something before you exercise, even if it is something really small. If you don't want to eat any type of full meal, which you don't need to do. Anything really is better than nothing before you exercise. Yeah, that was really good. I used to think that fasted cardio like was a necessity. It was so dumb. Like, I think it's, I don't know if we touched on it at all during our like bikini episode or bikini competition episode or not, which will be out by now, right? Like when this comes out. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't think we touched on it there, but Um, I think that's a really big thing that some coaches recommend in bikini competitions is having the athletes do fasted cardio. That's like a really big part of that. And I think the whole concept is that like using fat instead of carbs because glycogen depleted and all of that. But I feel like the effects from it would not be beneficial enough to make it worth it. Like, no, just eat a snack before you go work out. So you don't feel like (laughs) crap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Our next one is that, um, the myth is that muscle will turn to fat if you stop working out. Um, this one makes me laugh because I just like visualize like our muscle morphing into fat tissue. They're totally separate tissues. So your muscle tissue can't just like turn into fat or vice versa. Just like your skin can't turn into bone. Like your brain can't become your heart. Like those are all totally separate things. So they cannot just like morph into each other. Um, What actually can happen is that if you stop exercising, you can start to lose that muscle mass. And then depending how you're eating and maybe like moving your body, you can start to increase fat mass. So it's more of just a switch rather than like a morphing from one to the other. (laughs) Um, So not to say that you can't lose muscle mass. You definitely can. And you will if you stop following your routine but it won't just like automatically turn into adipose tissue or fat mass that would be that'd be crazy an interesting interesting time biologists everywhere would be so confused (laughs) that would that would be wild but no your body does not do that (laughs) Mm -mm. your body's not evolved enough for that let's say that at this point in time (laughs) yeah if you're hearing this in the year 3000 don't quote me on that (laughs) maybe by then then. evolution has changed us in a way that we can change our fat to muscle that would be (laughs) i don't know what the purpose of that would be in terms of like bettering our species but who knows True. It's like you want to go the other way. We yeah. want our fat to turn to muscle, which that'd be cool. Wait, was that not what I said? 
Oh, maybe you did. I don't know. I was thinking <laughs> about the other one. Oh, no, no, of no, our no, muscle no, training no, to no. fat. No, muscle to fat. I don't think that there's no benefit. Unless there. there was a, like a huge winter and we went into an <laughs> ice age and we needed some insulation. Some good ice- <laughs> insulation and energy stores for a long period of time. <laughs> then our body maybe yeah. will evolve to that but we are not there yet i hope that <laughs> i'm not alive if that ever has to be the case <laughs> i'm tapping out <laughs> same same okay so our next fitness myth then is you should stretch before a workout and hannah i'm really gonna i feel like i sh- i'm really gonna reach out to you a lot on this yeah because yeah. i I'm not good at stretching at all. So like, okay. Yeah. I can take over. I can take uh, over. We'll, we'll switch off here. Yeah. So this one, I worded it that way as the bullet to be kind of like a grabber, like, oh, you shouldn't stretch. You should stretch, but the type of stretching is what matters. Okay. So before you work out, you, you want to do, yeah, yeah. I tricked you. <laughs> yes. So before you work out, you want to do dynamic stretching, which is like when you're actually like moving your body around, not just holding a stretch kind of like you would do here. Um, because the goal of your dynamic stretching before a workout is to get your body prepared for the upcoming demands of the workout. Um, and that's pretty hard to do if you're just, you know, holding something like that. And I truthfully haven't looked into it in a while. So I don't know too much about like the science behind it, but from my understanding that can actually cause more injury or risk of injury if you are just holding, you know, static stretches before you work out. Um, so again, to recap, you definitely should stretch before you work out, but you want it to be a dynamic, like constantly moving, getting your heart pumping kind of stretch rather than those ones where you just like hold a position for like 10 to 30 seconds. Right. Cool. I learned something, (laughs) even though I, who knows if I'll still stretch. (laughs) I'm really good about warming up, but it's after a workout that I just like am over it and I'm just ready to go home. Yeah. I'm bad about that. I'm, I feel like I'm the type of person that I just want to get my workout done as soon as possible. So I just like skip any type of, (laughs) I'm just like, let's go. And it'll probably come back to bite me at some point. Yeah. So maybe I I should probably do that. Mine kind of has bit me. I've got some like pretty tight muscles from never stretching. Not never. I'm good about it. I get spurts where I'm really good about it. And then I just kind of give up. Yeah. Yeah. Do what we say. What's the phrase? You guys know I can't do phrases. Do as we say, not as we do. Yes. Yeah. But we can all work on this together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last, the last, not the last. Oh, we're like the halfway there, friend. <laughs> next one we're going to go into is one of my favorite fitness myths is you can spot reduce and this is when people will kind of be like oh I'm working out to get rid of this nice fat under my arm this is like one of the most popular ones or like my love candles yeah I feel like these are the ones I know the most I don't really know what men are trying to lose Mm. I know these I feel like bellies are the biggest one for men oh okay anyway yeah anyway (laughs) that was definitely a generalization Um, there (laughs) that's okay we don't men let us know (laughs) we don't want to put you in a box yeah (laughs) exactly but 
basically you targeting a specific area is not as easy as it sounds. Really the best way to lose any type of fat mass is with fat loss overall. <laughs> yeah, so like the only way to like lose fat in a certain spot is to just like lose fat in general you can't really yeah. choose where you lose it though yes okay okay now now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you for that nice yeah. transition now I, I know where i'm going basically when you are losing weight especially with body fat your body kind of chooses different areas depending on even who you are and that will come down to like your genetics and who like all these factors going into your life you're going to lose fat in different areas kind of in a different order and not always necessarily in the same order but it's not like your body's choosing to go for those areas you're targeting first it's going to go for whatever area it deems fit <laughs> and really you cannot like you can work out your arms and build muscle mass there but that doesn't necessarily mean that your fat mass is going to go down there at least right away. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to make that clear too, that, um, that's not to say that you like should only work out your legs and then you'll like start losing all this fat in your arms. Like you should still do, like, if you do strength training, try to incorporate every muscle group. So like what Emily just said, you can build muscle there, which will give you that leaner look but you won't get to like just automatically lose fat in your biceps if you're doing a million bicep curls a day. Yeah. So the only way to lose fat anywhere is just to lose fat in general through a caloric deficit. That's a whole other topic. Um, so yeah, you can't really choose where you lose it though. All right, next one. I think we got like three more. Next one is the myth that you need to work out every single day to see results. Um, this is thankfully a myth and actually working out every day would just be more harmful than good, which we'll get to in the next one. Actually, it's, there's just a lot of reasons why you don't need to do this. First of all, it's exhausting. Like it's just not going to be sustainable. You might be able to keep it up for like a week or two, but then you're going to get burnt out and then you're going to want to just quit altogether. And so you really want to find that sweet spot where you can exercise a moderate amount, um, and make it more enjoyable. So you don't feel like it's just a chore you have to go do every day. Um, Over-exercising can also negatively impact your metabolism um, and kind of make that just like overworked, I suppose is how I want to put it. So we don't want to do that either. So what the goal kind of should be, and this is very different for each person, but the general recommendation is about two to five strength training sessions in a week. Um, and like I said, a minute ago, you do want to incorporate all the different muscle groups there so that you can build muscle all over in your body. You don't want to like just do leg workouts, for example. And in terms of cardiovascular exercise, like walking, running, biking, swimming, um, the physical activity guidelines for America recommend shooting for about 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity exercise or 75 minutes a week of high intensity aerobic exercise or cardiovascular exercise. So that kind of boils down to you not having to go to the gym and walk on the treadmill for two hours a day. That's just not going to be effective for you. Um, it really can be a lot less than that. You might even see better results if you 
cut back a little bit, but uh, I have a hard time saying that people always take it the wrong way. And they're like, oh, I don't have to work out. That happened to me today with the patient. I was like, actually, most of your results are going to come from, you know, what you're eating and exercise is kind of just an added benefit, the icing on the cake. And they're like, oh, great. So I don't have to work out. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. And I'd like kind of explain that everything I just said, but um, overdoing it is not good. Underdoing it is not good. You really want to be like in that sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Rest days are important, but that doesn't mean that every day should be a rest day. Yeah. Yeah. Our body needs to recover so that way it can optimally, optimally perform at the next workout. Very true. Very, very true. So kind of that leads really well into this next myth that we're going to discuss is the phrase I'm sure you've heard sometime is no pain, no gain. And this is just kind of essentially arguing that if you are not pushing yourself really hard, then you will not see results. And this often will kind of lead to over-exercising. And as we already discussed, like overdoing it can be really harmful. And some specific effects of that really can lead to injury because you don't want to be pushing yourself so hard that you break your body in any type of way. Because then that will kind of I don't want to say undo, but it will deter a lot of the progress you've already made if you do injure yourself, because then your body will kind of focus more on healing itself rather than making any type of progress or gains you're trying to reach. Additionally, from over-exercising, you'll experience more episodes of fatigue and kind of exhaustion throughout the day, and this will affect not only your performance with any type of sport or exercise or workout performance, it can also affect your everyday life where you're just so tired from overworking yourself that doing simple tasks throughout the day can be really exhausting. And lastly, another effect of overexercising that we really want to discuss is amenorrhea and We've touched on this before, but this is essentially the absence of a menstrual cycle or period. And as we've discussed, having your period is very important because it's a huge, it's kind of one of the main contributors to women's hormone, hormonal balances. And it's not, it doesn't just affect your body once every like four to five, six weeks, however often you have your period, it affects your body every single day. And when you are not having a period, it's affecting your nutrients. Um, it can put you at more higher risk of nutrient deficiencies. It can put you at risk of hormonal imbalances. It can affect, it can affect your exercise and your performance there. And additionally to like fatigue, uh, exhaustion, everything like that, because it really does affect so much of your life and over-exercising can lead to that loss of period, which we do not want. Additionally, we do not want to experience DOMS after every workout. 
just for it to be considered a good workout. And Hannah, don't tell me what this stands for because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm imagining the slide. I I remember learning this in at Purdue. Onset muscle soreness. Delayed onset muscle soreness. Nice. Nice. You're a genius. <laughs> Go bachelor's degree. Go bachelor's. <laughs> Go Purdue. Um, but you do not want to experience delayed onset of muscle soreness, which is that those feelings of when like you really cannot move your muscles because you have overworked them so much or you really push them in some way after every single workout to be considered a good workout because you don't need to be feeling extremely sore after workouts for it to be considered good because yeah, I'd say even like, yeah. or even like sweat. People always say if I didn't sweat, oh, it yeah. wasn't a good workout. Too. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Feeling super sore and crazy sweaty are not indicators of how good that workout was. There's a yeah. lot more that goes into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and additionally, when you are additionally with this no pain, no gain mindset, sometimes people will sacrifice their sleep schedule for a workout if they have to work really late and their entire schedule gets pushed back and then their morning workout comes around and they'll only get like maybe six hours of sleep, like five, six hours. We really want to make sure you're hitting that seven to nine range and you're not sacrificing your sleep for your workout because it's okay to sleep in and take care of yourself rather than missing a workout day. So the world will not end. Yeah. What's the phrase? It's kind of like trading dimes for nickels or whatever. Yeah. Is that a phrase? So like if you're (laughs) sacrificing sleep just to get a workout in, like it kind of like they balance each other out or they wash each other out. So it's like kind of pointless. Yeah. And actually something else I've heard with this, especially is missing a day of exercise is not going to put your progress backwards. Anyway, I actually, one of my high school coaches who will remain unnamed, (laughs) but he told us that every day we didn't work out was three days backwards in progress. And that, that, that messed up me mentally so I hate that yeah so imagine like all these little high school girls were all like we need to exercise every day or else we're not gonna get a starting position like I'm realizing this is so bright I am glowing (laughs) sorry I just I did not want to see that anymore sorry um but like imagine like all these kids our every day we felt like we had to work out because yeah. we thought we were losing our progress and that it is, took me it took me so long to realize that was not true like you think your high school coaches are like they know everything about whatever sport or just like mm-hmm. exercise in general and that's a terrible age group to say that too also yeah like you're at a very vulnerable age where like things that adults say to you really shape you as an adult so that's Mm -hmm. oh that's no good no 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 no. (sighs) that's okay my coach I won't name told us that we could not lift weights because it would make us at higher risk for injury we couldn't we'd be we wouldn't be able to play because we get injured from lifting weights yeah (laughs) 
I'm like, no, it actually make our risk for en- or risk for injury decrease because you know we're building stronger bones and muscles, but whatever. That's like the prime time for it. Yeah, let's just run mm-hmm. six miles for a warm up instead. That's fine. Uh, er. I'm gonna get all <laughs> fired up like eight years later. Okay. Anyway, this is actually our last little little myth we're gonna go over. So last one is that. The phrase or the myth that you cannot out-exercise, or excuse me, let me back up. <laughs> the myth is that you can out-exercise a poor diet. So kind of the mindset of working out just so you can eat whatever you want. And I mean, that's fine. Like it's not like that's gonna kill you or anything, but you're not no. gonna get the results you want or as quickly as you want them if you do find that you're working out really hard, you're very consistent there, but your diet is kind of garbage. Right. Um, And in terms of weight loss, if that's your goal, it really is so much more about what you're eating than it is how much and how often and what you're doing for exercise. Um, That is really a much bigger factor. And again, don't take that as me saying you shouldn't exercise, but if your goal is to manipulate your weight or anything, um, your diet is a bigger, plays a bigger role there. Um, but anyway, if you do have a really good exercise routine, I mean, I would think you would want to like make that even more beneficial by eating a very well-balanced diet, plenty of protein and fruits and veggies and whole grains, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you just can't, whatever your goals are, you most likely cannot reach them if you are exercising really well, but not eating the way that your body needs. Right. I think that. I don't have anything to add to that. Okay. (laughs) You summed it up very well. So I think that kind of concludes all the most popular fitness myths we've heard at this point today. We can definitely touch back. We can do a part two. Oh, we'll totally do a part two. And we can, we could even bring someone on if we wanted to, because that'd be a good one. I'm sure. Other people have heard other things, different perspectives. Let's do let's do like a little uh, question box on our Instagram when this launches that day. Yes, we'll ask yes. for like other ones that you guys may have heard. <gasps> Ooh, that's so smart. Okay, we yes. can do that for another episode. Yes. Okay, so, so keep watch for that today when you're hearing yes. this. Go check out the Instagram for where you can let us know what wild fitness myths you've heard. We know we only scratch the surface. Yes. Yes. So time for our bonus question, which I don't think I know the answer to what you're going to say, but the question today is, do you prefer crispy or floppy bacon? And I'm going to have you go first, Hannah. Oh, okay. Okay. I feel like I always have to like explain myself, but my answer is floppy but I don't like it like super like floppy and soggy. I want it to be like cooked and like solid. Like I don't want it to be like just raw and gross, of course, but it's honestly a very fine line. I kind of like it in between where like when you bake it, it kind of melts in your mouth, but it's not like, it's not like crispy though. So I'd say floppy, but floppy, but leaning towards crispy. Okay. That That does make sense. Yeah. I am going to say crispy bacon. I know you would. Because I, me and my mom really like a lot of burnt 
things. <laughs> like for some reason, I just, I like, it depends what it is. Yeah. Normally like with meat, I like don't mind things that are burnt a little bit, which a lot of people probably hate that, but it's just like a weird, like smoky flavor to me that I enjoy. So <laughs> with crispy bacon, I love crispy bacon, especially when it's like super cooked because it just tastes so good to me it like takes all the good taste and it's just like brown and (laughs) like tastes like fire (laughs) it's good I guess like salty fire I I definitely agree that if there's a good balance between floppy and crispy it's really good I will it's not like I won't eat bacon like I rarely will ever say no to bacon same same but I think floppy bacon sometimes freaks me out because I'm always wondering if it's cooked enough. I mean, it's like basically just salt, so I'm sure it's fine. It's been preserved. It's funny you say that, though, because growing up, my mom, or even now, too, but I don't live there anymore, but growing up, she, like, would only eat meat that was 100% cooked through. Like, there could be no pink in there whatsoever. And so growing up, I thought that's how you always had to eat it. And so when I met Ross, who was, like, not the same – he likes his meat like medium, medium well. Not even medium well, I'd say. More like just medium. He was like, why are you eating your beef like that? That's like incorrect. So I get where you're coming from. I was raised that way, but I thankfully. I have relatives like that too. But yeah. like it's weird because like I like medium rare. I guess how do you like your steak cooked? So well, yeah. Talking like, about discussion of. The cooked. Well cooked too. As I like to say, because my dad likes it rare, like still mooing. <laughs> okay, I can't do that. And I think I'm still like growing out of making it like being pretty well. I don't like it well done anymore. I think that's too far. I know that's like basically a sin. Um, I think the best is like medium, medium well. It's like my best case scenario. Nice. I don't like when it's like super bloody. That kind of grosses me out a little. Yeah. See, that's why I'm weird because I like medium rare a lot. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, it's okay if my steak bleeds, but if my bacon mm. is too floppy, I'll freak out. <laughs> I wish you could explain that one, but I know it's just like a thing that <laughs> happens in your head. <laughs> um, do you like, love like burnt cheese? Like if you like made a casserole and there was burnt cheese on it, I guess you don't do a lot of cheese because you're lactose intolerant, but if no. you did. I I would, I think I'm going to say yes. I, I hate, this is something I don't know if you know, but like gooey cheese, I despise gooey like, cheese. Like, like a, like a brie kind of thing. Like I like brie, but like when it's like, like you see the stretch, I like don't, <laughs> the texture freaks me out and it normally hurts what? my stomach more. Well, yeah. I think that's probably so like, part of like, it. Like, I'm not a big fan of like lasagnas. I love. I I'd be perfectly fine with a cheeseless lasagna. Ew, that's the best part of a lasagna. No, I just want the noodles, like marinara sauce and. Meat. Oh no. <laughs> um, but like stretchy good. cheese kind of freaks me out. Like I really like it on. No, I don't even know if I say like a charcuterie board, like the really stretchy cheese I can't really what? eat. I think, honestly, I don't think she'll listen to it, but her kids listen to it. Um, someone in Bobby's family, <laughs> well, that gives it away. 
they made uh like a smoked gouda uh, thing the other day where they put it in the oven and it was like all melted yes <laughs> that's my look. favorite oh that's so good that's so weird do you not like grilled cheeses when they have like this pole no what okay so first the whole peanut butter thing and now this <laughs> i don't even know who you are anymore i think it was first associated with the pain that because my i can tolerate more hard cheeses yeah but like like the really scary neon like nacho cheese I can, I'm fine with that well yeah that's like just <laughs> salt and msg <laughs> yeah basically but like anything that's really stretchy it's like too much for me I that's get so overwhelmed sad. overwhelmed oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's so sad. But if it if the cheese is crispy, I'll like it. When that's it's gonna. Burnt. That's why I asked my mom. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. She's like obsessed with burnt cheese, like on like a casserole or like whatever. She'll like just eat the burnt cheese off of stuff. Oh yeah, she loves it. Def- same. Yeah. Like on like bagels, like Asiago. I think Ooh. it's Asiago is the cheese one. Yeah. Like I will eat the cheese off of that. That's really good. That's really good. The question was bacon. I don't know how we got to like stretchy cheese, but we always find a way to digress. Yes. Uh, Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you liked us talking more about fitness stuff, let us know. We can definitely do more on this side of the spectrum as well. Um, So yeah, hope you guys liked it. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day whenever you are listening or watching to this. (laughs) whenever you are listening or watching Uh, we like are good in the middle of the episode but we can't seem to nail the intro or the outro (laughs) i don't know why we'll get there maybe we should like script it better we kind of just wing it every time yeah (laughs) anyway you you guys hopefully enjoy us just not being good at this yet (laughs) yeah all right all right bye bye guys everyone (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the upbeat dietitians with your host emily krause and hannah thompson we appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us in order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast please subscribe and leave a rating and review if you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars follow us on instagram at the upbeat dietitians Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.